0: Thanks for tuning in to our first episode of Blake and Tom Interview Everybody. Today we have on a very special guest and one of our best friends. Uh, His name's Nick. He has some incredible stories to tell. He's got a lifetime of challenges and some incredible successes for somebody who's just 26 years old. Before we get into our interview and before we get to Nick's incredible stories, I'm going to hand it off to my co-host Blake. Uh, Blake, can you tell everybody what we're doing and what this podcast is about?
1: We've had this idea for a little bit and we wanted to do a podcast that interviews a variety of different people. Anyone that knows us knows we're consistently laughing, having a good positive attitude on life. And um, we figured bring in some of the people that are closest to us and invite people that have some incredible stories for inspiration and listening and not make it a long, drawn-out podcast, but something you could just put on in your commute to work, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and uh, enjoy it and have some fun. So, thank you for tuning in, whoever's listening, and um, without further ado, let's, let's bring on the guest, Tom. I think it's about time.
0: Yeah, so let's introduce our first guest. Uh, his name's Nick. Again, 26 years old, one of our best friends. And uh, Nick, to start off, how would you describe yourself as a person? You know, we know how we see you, but for the person for the person who doesn't know you that well you know what are you about what do you do uh,
2: yeah I would describe myself as um, I try to be easygoing um, try to do the right thing if I if I can or wait no I I, I always try to do the right thing <laughs> I always try to do the right thing and I always try to be kind to people I like to do art I like uh, outdoor sports and
0: yeah you're You know, I know you love to do art, but you're one of the greatest artists I've ever seen, for sure. Insane. Thank you.
1: We'll definitely have to, at some point, you know, throw up Nick's Instagram, you know, with his his drawings on there. You got to give it a follow.
0: They're insane. They're literally insane. Thank you. For sure. We'll stick that in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, just kind of starting it off, obviously we know you well. It's been about, what, 10 years, about 2011. Nick and I started on the old tennis team. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Tom met him before in ping pong class, right? Yeah. Years
0: before. Yeah, you did. I know you know it, but for anybody who doesn't know, Nick actually did ping pong club with my older brother. And I came in one day from middle school because we were picking up my older brother. And that's where I was introduced to Nick. And back then he had longer hair some incredible ping pong skills and you know, lit, little, little did day, I know To this day? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Swept us. Yeah. We had a little ping pong tournament the other day and Nick didn't lose a single game, but little did I know later on, we'd be living together and, and best friends and kind of family for life.
1: I mean, going off that we've known you for a while now and you have some pretty incredible stories, a lot of change that most people don't see their entire life. What do you kind of see as the catalyst for change and motivator for you to change and, and switch paths in your life and focus on what you find most beneficial to yourself I mean like what goes through your head when those things pop up um, so it's, it's not always the same
2: motivator it's it's different sometimes it might be a small change that I need to make because I might notice that I'm not totally happy and I might try to get to the root of what's not making me happy so then just trying to fix those little things that um, impede happiness that might be a motivator other times I might be in a like ridiculous situation like specifically around 2013 um, I was I, w- I was in a bizarre situation of life and I was like this is crazy so that was the catalyst just being like this is this can't continue so it, it kind of depends um, but yeah the motivator is always just trying to find uh, happiness and yeah definitely
0: so you mentioned 2013 so what was you know just generally speaking what was going on in 2013 what was your mental state and and what was going on there Uh,
2: 2013 was an interesting year for sure I um, was in college but um, I don't know if I was specifically ready to have started college I think I needed to figure out what I wanted to do but I I went right into college um, and I definitely you know I had some difficult times some more difficult times um, and was definitely confused pretty lost um, I ended up taking some time off from school after that just to kinda get things figured out and then I went back to school and I did really good and I graduated but um, yeah, I was way way out in the middle of nowhere actually literally and metaphorically in 2013 um, and I, that was the wake-up call I was like I need I this is wild I need to I need to get my life back on track. And luckily with the support of my family and friends, I had a great support system and I was able to be guided in a good direction and here I am now.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, I mean I kind of digging into that a little bit. I remember when this went down and you had had made the decision to go, you know, to work on this specific project, uh, farm for a little bit right which which for the record that's what i said middle
2: of nowhere that this is what i'm referring
1: to this 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 farm i (laughs) ended up working on and uh and i remember when you decided to leave there was that mental switch that you said you know what i'm going back to school i'm going to change my life um do you think without that experience you would be where you are today i mean do you do you kind of recommend i guess for anyone listening that Wants to just maybe take a step out of their comfort zone and try something. I mean you've turned out well because of this experience I think do you find that? Would you recommend for people to do this to kind of if they're thinking about something go just go and do it or I mean How'd you go about that decision?
2: I would recommend going to do something like that if it's for the right reason Um, it was not the the right reason for me I was just trying to get away and kind of run away so to speak from uh you know the things I was dealing with, whatever. Um so I would I would not recommend running as a and and just getting away as a coping skill. Um I would recommend doing doing something unorthodox if if it's actually what's right for you. But in this case it was not the right choice. However, at the end of the day, I'm glad I did it because this was one of the experiences, like you said, would I still be where I am today? I think it it was a It was, um, you know, probably not the best choice, but sometimes if you make not the best choice, it shows you what the better choice is, which in my case was going back to school, uh, getting my life back on track, doing really good in school. Um, So, yeah, so I I wouldn't take anything back. Everything that's happened, I think, has played a a part in shaping me for the good decisions and good outlook that I now
0: have. So to to get back to Where you went after school because I have to be honest this might be my favorite story you've ever told me and the array of stories you've told me so we're taking a step back when you found out school wasn't for you where did you decide to go and What did that part of your life's journey look like?
2: Um, So I ended up working on a I pretty much packed up like a, my snowboard bag but <laughs> I didn't I didn't have to put a snowboard in it I put like some shoes and a tent and some clothes like not even a lot a lot of clothes like maybe like two shirts or something it was not a lot and just like a backpack and uh went down south where I was working on a farm just doing like basic labor um and you know for some people that might be what they really want to do but for me i was just trying to like get away get away from school get away from um unfortunately i was also getting away from all the people that i probably needed the most and i realized that when i was down there which was a big factor for me coming back quickly but um yeah so i remember the call too
1: i mean the the call is the most crazy part of the story i I called you i was like i'm coming back we planned it i mean we all were there at the bus
2: station Dropped him off. Dropped me off at the bus at like five in the morning right. to go to the airport. And it, and it was probably like, all right, like, who knows the next time yeah. I'll see you. Yeah, okay. it,
1: was, it was pretty emotional because we didn't know. I mean, you, you, at that point, you were just kind of meeting Nick. I
0: right. The Like meeting me again. Right. I remember sure. the day before you left was when we all went to the mall yeah. and it was just kind of like our going away party for you. And... You know, I had just re met you for the first time. They told me that you were going down to Florida. Like, oh, really? That's you know, that's cool. Trying to be supportive, and and then the next day, you you were off with your was it snowboard backpack?
2: My snowboard bag and my backpack just packed up with the bare essentials, out and I was gone, and I was, didn't know when I was going to be back. That's when we got the text. Cause I, it was the next two days in. It was like it, a, cu- a couple days, couple days in. in. It wasn't. It was like a couple days in. I was when I had the awakening, like the realization that um, this is wild. I want to go back to school. I shouldn't. I should be with my friends and family. And so that was when I texted them. I'm like, I'm coming back.
0: So, my favorite part of this story. How did you end up getting back? What was the night? What was the night where you decided to leave? Like, and and just go a little bit through through that part of the story.
2: So then I was, you know, I'd gotten working on this farm all day. I was, like, getting bit by bugs and all this stuff. And it was just, like, I was, like, I need to go back. So I kind of had the realization one of the days. And then I'm, like, all right, like, maybe I can wait a couple more days, this and that. But, like, I think it was that night there was, like, a torrential storm, like, you know, down south. Those kind of rainstorms, super windy. And I was like really anxious, kind of having a panic attack in this like old house I was staying in, just like wind whipping rain. I had no car and I was miles in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of nowhere. I didn't really have, if I wanted to get to the airport or to a city or just to anywhere that was like even had buses or anything, I was didn't really have anyone to drive me. I was so far out in the middle of nowhere. Excuse me. And so I was basically okay this this I'm, I'm out of here so the next day I was when I was working there was like one spot on the farm that like um, had Wi-Fi and I was I had like a break and so I went on Wi-Fi and I found like a map of the place like meaning the whole pretty much the whole greater city area town area whatever state map I zoomed in just so I could get like a road map and I screenshotted it on my um, on my iPad mini that I had brought Cause I knew I wouldn't have wifi for after those like 10 minutes and that I was going to use that as my map. And I was like, I'm skateboarding out of here. Like, that's it. I don't have a ride. It's like, I was 30 miles from the nearest civilization, but I was going to skateboard
1: out. I was like, I'm going to do it. And no um, reception, no, barely any reception, no
2: reception, like barely any reception. I think we had some reception in the house, but you know, away from the house, there wasn't any, I mean, it was like, I was just, I was going to be on my own on the skateboard with my backpack and my, and my big duffel bag. Um, and so I had the map, and I was going to skateboard. But then I think it was the next day when I had that Wi-Fi, or maybe it was the same day that I screenshotted the map. I was like, I don't think any car service would or taxi service would ever come this far. But I'll just, just, I'll just try it. I'll just see if I can find like a phone number for a, um, a car service or like a taxi service, and just like at least screenshot that too, so I can just at least have that. So the next night, you know. I sleep, I don't sleep well. I'm like anxious and I just want to go home. And I'm just realizing now that I've made a terrible mistake just leaving all my friends and family and going into the middle of nowhere. And probably like, probably like four or 5am I wake up and I was like, I was going to do it. I was going to skate out of there, but I'm like, I'll just call the number first. So I had my cell phone, my flip phone, and I had almost no service, but just enough to make a grainy phone call. So I call them and, um, you know, the guy picks up and he's like, at this point, it's probably five, five thirty in the morning. And he's like, well, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll pick you up. Where are you? And I was like, Oh, thank God. Um, but I have no idea the address. I don't even know if there is an address. I'm just in the middle of nowhere, like an old house, um, that was part of the farm. So I run outside and just like, there was no street signs. There was no like mailboxes. And I kind of like run down the street and I found like an old street sign. I was like, I think, okay, that must be the street. And then I, there were no house numbers, and I looked for like the nearest house, and I, could see like an old mailbox with like the house way back, and the like you couldn't even see it from this little road, but I was like, whatever the number on the mailbox was, I just said that number, and then I said the street sign that I found, and he's like, he kind of paused, and then he's like, oh, uh, you're way out there, and I was like, I was like, oh, I know, and I was thinking like, yeah, he's not, no one's coming to get me, like it's either a skateboard or I'm just, I'm just staying here, um. And he's like, he kind of paused, and then I'm like, please, like in my head, like, like begging, he'll come pick me up. And then he's like, all right, yeah, no, like, you know, thick southern accent. He's like, all right, you know, we'll we'll get someone out there. And I was like, oh, like total relief, like I was so relieved. I run back into the house. I pack up my little bag of you know the three or four things that I had, and um, there was someone else staying in the house, and I like woke them up, and I was just like, yeah, I'm leaving. I didn't. I didn't want them to just wake up and I'm not there and be like startled yeah, and think something yeah, bad yeah, happened. So, I just wanted them to know that like I was I was leaving. Like it wasn't a big deal. So, you know they were like confused. Like I'm just waking them up out of like REM sleep basically, and I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving. They're like, what? I'm like, no, I'm leaving. Like, like I was like, I just have a like a family emergency or something. I gotta go. I just made up an excuse. I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving. She's like, she's like, oh, like maybe thinking I was saying like soon. I'm like like right now I'm leaving like she looked so confused she's like "All right, I mean yeah okay like still just waking up I don't even know how much of this was computing at that moment so I run out and uh, I'm waiting for the car and I had to go to the street sign and the house that I had told them about which was kind of far like a couple a couple not super far like I did maybe like a couple minutes running from the house and I Made it there And I see this car Come with old Beat up Crown Victoria And I was like The relief It might as well Have been like Of like Police escort I was so relieved I'm like I'm going home Like I was
0: so relieved It sounds Um, like You're skipping Shawshank Prison
2: yeah which it really wasn't it was, it was a fine place It was just I think in, in my head. brain I, In my head I felt trapped there I, I wasn't obviously trapped there It's just that I didn't really have a Because I was so secluded in the woods And I didn't have a solid ride out of there I didn't really have anyone to just like Give me a ride And it was 30 miles to the nearest civilization I kind of felt like I was trapped But I, I obviously wasn't um, But yeah um, that th- The story though only just begins as I get in the car it probably got even weirder before it got better meaning better would be when I got to the airport um, and flew home uh, but this was an ver- one I'll never forget I'll remember this this cab ride for as long as I live it was it was something else um, first of all the guy was he had like a big gulp that was oh, absolutely oh, filled man. with alcohol <laughs> <sighs> he was hammered <laughs> and this is like down south in the middle of nowhere, like no one cared. I mean he was hammered it was like it was like six thirty in the morning, right. drinking like it was like a you know a big polar pop yep. cup, you know forty ounce, yeah, like one of those big polar pop you know forty five ounce big gulps with the you know foot straw coming out of the and um so he's hammered, so we're driving and um i I'm as reluctant as I was to you know get behind. Get in the car with this man behind the wheel. I was like I wasn't reluctant. I ran into his car. It was like freedom. Um he had like three teeth. It was just it was bad. But um we so he drove me and you know, he's you know, we're cruising around and so this was in Florida. Um this was near kinda near um the University of no, I'm not really near the University of Florida, but the um, airport that I was flying out of was the Tallahassee, Florida airport, and um, I would never been through. Uh, what's the it's uh, you, uh, which What's the university there? Um, the one is that the one where Ted F, Bundy was FSU FSU. So I get confused with Florida State and Florida State University or whatever it is. So this was FSU. And yeah, so this is like the Ted Bundy house, that like sorority house or whatever that he went into was, and I had never been there. So he asked me, he's like, Have "You ever been through campus?" And I was like, "No, like I'm not from here. I, you know, I flew into this airport, and then I ended up miles and miles in the middle of nowhere. And now I'm I'm going out, but I've never actually been in the town, or I mean the campus. And he's like, "Oh, here, I'll I'll take you." And he so he stops the um, you know, the meter so I'm not getting charged and so like he took me on like a free tour as we were coming up to campus he stopped the meter and he's like yeah I'll give you a little free tour and then as soon as we left the campus he started the meter again um he he drove me right by the the um Ted Bundy house which was all boarded up all the windows were boarded up and it was it was creepy still even I mean this would have been what 30 years after that it was windows were anyways it was just it was it was an interesting ride with an interesting guy but still one of the most freeing and just totally relaxing car rides I've ever had just because I was like I'm going home and I was really content on going back and making you know getting everything together getting back to school graduating so I had you know high hopes as in this car ride as representative of me going back getting my life back together and finishing school and doing that whole thing so um yeah I'll always I'll always remember that this trip in that car ride would
0: you say that this this time when you were leaving the commune it sounds like and heading back heading back up here um, would you say that that's kind of like the low point that you have faced is, is that the low point in your you know adult life at least um, yeah one of them for sure I would say either
2: maybe s- some of the reasons that I had Gone there in the first place you know because I, I had was just had a lot going on um, Before that um, So either the reasons that Got me out there in the first place or then Finally getting out there I would say it was all kind of The low point just that whole End of t- end of 2012 Kind of First half of 2013 That it was all kind of equally a low point um, But again like like Blake had said earlier I think it had to happen To then get me on a really uphill path. And I also think that, um, I'm grateful that I kind of hit a low point at 18, 19 years old, as opposed to when I'm 40 and I have like kids and stuff like, I'd rather get it out of the way and learn from it when I'm young, when the stakes are really low. Um, so
1: yeah, I, you know, that's, that's what's interesting too. I think is you hear a lot of people that go through changes in their life and it's pretty steady throughout a number of years once they get their 2030s that experience not a lot of people experience where it's a, a single moment or a single weekend that flips a switch to have them change their life and i think it's really inspiration for inspirational for a lot of people because they don't necessarily deal with that or if they are going through a change it can make them feel kind of comfortable and knowing that you know there might be a moment in their life that changes them for the better and that definitely made you come out on top um Kind of, kind of going off that too. I mean, after that, you went through a number of different roles and uh, still finding yourself. I mean, it wasn't after this weekend you're you're ready to rock and roll. You went back to UNH. We all were there, and that was great. Um, what were some of the challenges? You know, UNH was absolute candyland. College, college was just the easiest. Yeah, UNH is just the, any. I mean, compared to the real world, compared to the real world, college it was is just. It was just, it I mean, it's just simple.
2: Right. It felt hard at the time, right. but now looking back, I'm like that was such a breeze. Yeah. It was so fun, and everyone told me, my parents, my family, you know, enjoy college now because. Once you go to the real world, it's over, and you know you're like, oh yeah, whatever. And then right. you go to the real world, and you're like, oh, they weren't lying. Like, yeah,
1: three meals a day, gym, couple classes, homework. A couple classes, a little the homework. The biggest work you have
2: is a test like that. We have a nine a.m. class. Yeah, you get yeah, up sleep at like
1: eight forty-five. It's a- <laughs> but I mean, I guess going after college. I mean, we've been out of college for. Uh,
0: it's it's going on our third year.
1: Four for you. Well, for me for, too. Yeah. Four for Tom and I and about five for Nick, which is pretty wild, I think. Right. Five for you, Nick. Five years out of college.
2: Um, I graduated in 2017. So, so four so years. Four. Okay. Four years.
1: So do you, uh, what was your journey kind of like after school? Like how, how did you find what you wanted to do and, and roll with it?
2: Um, so I went to school. My degree was in art history Um, I ended up getting a job as a behavioral health professional and I've been doing that ever since. Um, I didn't really plan on doing that, but I was, uh, living near the school and I found the job on Indeed and I was qualified for it. I had, you know, the bachelor's degree. So I, I was like, oh, you know, I I think I have, you know, a lot of patience and, um, a lot of the skills that might be necessary for this job so I went for it and um, it, it's not easy but um,
1: it's rewarding. I did
2: it for are very rewarding and I did it for a number of years like I did I have been doing it for a lot of years um, I did take a break to try out a more of a corporate job you say corporate setting job and it just it really did not I was not um, ge- geared for it i wasn't suited for it i really i struggled to be honest um just doing doing the task i got um really overwhelmed i'll say and um which is weird cuz you know a chaotic situation at the school that i work in is probably what's more likely to overwhelm most people but just sitting at the um the desk and the, you know the cubicle and um trying to wrap my mind around all these numbers on the computer screen like i just i couldn't do it and i um Again, I was I had some other stuff going on in, in my life at that time that was kind of compounding, and I totally was just um, out of my league. And I, uh, you know, I ended up doing that job very quickly before I went back to the
0: school where I'm still at. How do you think being um, well, you you are a teacher right now. So how do you think being a teacher at the school you work at has led you to the path that you want to be on, or how does that help you shape? What job you want to take in the near future Um, I
2: I, again I just because I work in I work in mental health now wasn't something I ever planned on and it's not something that I want to do forever or probably maybe not even for that much longer for that matter Um, but it's definitely just showed me um, the importance of having a job that you love doing every day you know I, I get a lot of reward out of my job but it's not what i um it's it's not what i can't I don't think it's my absolute passion in life you know it's rewarding and I'll always remember doing this, but um it's it's showed me that it is important to pursue something that I do really want to do um and so I think just in that way just you know going to work and really sometimes having a tough time dealing with a lot of the chaos or just really being like I just my tasks I have to do at work today are just so I just don't even know if I have the energy for them obviously you always do them but just feeling so beat down by work sometimes that's the the kind of the spark that is now really reminding me I need to go do something that I really love which is what I'm trying to do right now I'm pursuing some um, you know other education opportunities hopefully that will start next fall and I'll get into a new career that I uh, have been interested in for a very long time that I'm going to finally get to do
1: I think that for anyone that doesn't know Nick, I mean, his interests vary so far from, you know, a weekly roller skate down at the roller skating rink, down to snowboarding, down to 60-mile bike rides. I mean, he picks up anything, and he picks it up quick. Um, You know, what, I guess kind of one of my final questions is when someone is listening to this, it doesn't matter what age they are. could be someone fresh out of high school, college, like when you had the experience on the farm or even closer to our age, even especially in this pandemic, people are really trying to figure themselves out. What's your best advice for someone that is going through a, a tricky time in their life and, you, you know, maybe they need a little guidance. Maybe they're uncertain of making a specific jump, um, maybe a little scared. What's your overall advice for someone that is – ready to change, ready to try something new, going through all the different changes that you have, what would you tell that person point blank?
2: I would say just do it. If it's something that you really think you want to do, don't just do it. Don't even think about it because life's short and you don't want to, you don't want to be old or God forbid, even young and your life's coming to its end and be, and look back and be like, man, there's, I really wanted to do this, but just out of fear of not, like, doing kind of what felt safe. I just stayed in my job, or I stayed, whatever. I always wanted to try living in this country, but just because it felt safe, I didn't. Like, I never stepped outside the box. I think you'll regret that, so I would say just do it, um, because you get one life, do it. Get some cool experiences, and uh, and most importantly, just, like, remember that um, the people around you are really a big key to happiness meaning uh embracing your friends and family uh really cherish those relationships you have with those people and uh i think don't take anything too seriously too like it can things can feel really high stakes you know your job it can feel like the end of the world if you mess up or if you lose your job or whatever like life in general can feel so high stakes and it's like such a so it feels like such a burden. So just remember that most things that seem so daunting are really low stakes and um, I think that mindset you can have a little you can enjoy life a little bit more because it's you're supposed to enjoy life
0: I think as as a man who's experienced as much as you have you've you've been through um, Some incredible highs some lows and now you're it seems like you're in a really great headspace so I think the question I want to end with is when do you think you'll know when you're happy or if you are happy you know, how do you know you are I think for me I
2: and the, I do a lot of like worrying or waiting for the next thing like not really being content in the moment being so like oh like when this happens I'll finally be happy and then that happens and I'm still worried or or not content and like really anxious um, and feel really overwhelmed and like not like not at ease or like that's a like I think so I think I'll know that I'm happy when I wake up every morning and I just think about what I'm doing that day whether it's a weekend and I'm hanging out with my friends or family or I'm uh, it's a work day and I'm going to work whatever it may be when I wake up and I'm like just excited for that day even if it's a Monday and I have work just being like totally content and um, just at ease with the day just accepting that it's one day at a time Um, again like I said even if it's a Monday just Totally being just excited to just really get it, get another day to be on Earth. Um, That's something I'm working on right now, Um, and I think when I get there, that's when I'll be happy with it. So
0: yeah, I think that's an awesome answer because I know everybody can relate to Sunday night. You get the Sunday scaries I think is what you called it, and and you just you're dreading work the next day, or you're not looking forward to whatever the next day brings you. And I know at least the three of us from, you know, this past year, we've all experienced that at some point. Um, But keeping positive and looking forward to the next day is a great measure of of happiness. And that's something I think a lot of people can relate to. And I hope that's something that you and, and everybody can really have at some point in their life that they look forward to the next day. I think everyone deserves that. I do too. And, and again, thank you very much, Nick, for kind of being the sacrificial I am and being the first one on here. I know um just in these past thirty something minutes, however long you've been on here, you've already made us laugh quite a bit and you've brought more realness and real you know, the story of the layperson to people whoever you know, whoever wants to listen to the show. And I think people need more voices like yours than necessarily people who they can't relate to like celebrities or politicians well uh, thank you guys very much for listening we'll wrap this up and next time we'll have on a new guest and some new stories new experiences and hopefully a little more uh, inspiration catch you later